The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. It's a brand new year with lots of cheer. And I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are celebrating. (laughs) Hope you have your party hats on all month long as we bring in this new year. We didn't die with the Mayans. Uh, (laughs) Last uh, December 21st, as uh, predicted. So we have a great show for you today, and we are excited that you are with us. Heather and I are going to be talking about New Year's goals, resolutions, ideas, turning a new leaf, because we want to ring in this year with optimism and courage and hope and faith and lots of great tips to help you reach them. And in our second segment, you're going to love our uh, our author who is jump-starting our year. She's one of Oprah Winfrey's top 30 women writers. Jenna Blum, a New York Times number one and international bestseller of Those Who Save Us and the Storm Chasers, will be with us. And then in segment three, we're going to be talking about traveling and the hassles with airports and security and packing and all of those things. So we're going to learn how to follow the weather, lay out your clothes, and be your own valet, as well as you're going to get a lot of positivity tips in our New Year show today. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Star Style Production, launching you for your year with coaching for writing, for speaking, acting, and media. Visit StarStyleProductions.com, call 925-37-STAR, and get your coaching session booked today. And this is from Carl Frederick. The key to your universe is that you can choose. So that's our working word this year, Heather. Choice exactly. and optimism. Choice is, always, is always, I think, the, the resolution choice of New Year's. That's true. That's true. We have, we can choose whether we want to be successful or not. It's by our actions that we take. So we are going to go right into our new year and our new cheer because I really want to give people that thought of positivity and 
how we can make our dreams come true, but what we have to do to do it. I just got off a radio show that I was doing in Philadelphia, which was really, really fun, um, on the Greenberg News with Brian Greenberg. And what was really great about the radio show is, like us, Heather, his show is about being positive, and he doesn't like shock jocks, and he tries to bring good guests on the air. And he's been on the air one year longer than I have. So uh, you can all tune in. I think it's going to be archived at WNJC 1360. You go to WJNC1360.com. So, Heather, this for your new year, I know you've already been working on a goal because you actually texted me from the gym this morning saying, <laughs> working on one of my goals. <laughs> so tell yeah, us, what are well, people doing? You know, well, it's the same thing we talk about every year and everyone talks about every year. And uh, according to actually a report that was made in uh, early December of 2012 from the University of Scranton, uh, for going into the year of 2013, talking about resolutions and goals. And, you know, I think we, in life, we continue, I mean, I know every day I make my list of my things to do, but I overall, which are basically my goals for the day. I, you know, I have the things that must be done, but there's those things that, you know, oh, maybe I don't get to the post office by the end of the day, so it goes to the next day. It goes to my tomorrow's goal. But there's something um, really exciting about the new year. You know, we, after that first, when the ball drops, the, the champagne's popped, and we have that first kiss, um, a 45% of Americans uh, actually make goals, you know, that they want, you know, to, to do various things. The number one thing worth always with people is, is lose weight. Also, I'll do a quick rundown of what the forecasted goals of 2013, the top ten. The number one, I think what always goes in every year is lose weight. Second is get organized. Three is spend less, save more. Four is enjoy life to the fullest. Five is staying fit and healthy, which kind of sounds like number one. Uh, six is learning something exciting. Seven is quit smoking. Eight is help others in their dreams. Nine is fall in love. And ten is spend more with the family. Um, I actually kind of think a lot of those, except probably you know, quit smoking, uh, a lot of things like that kind of blend in together. Um, as all of our listeners know, I am going to be getting married in um, Woo, wait a months now. I know. Yay. And That's like my me. only goal for the year is to work on the wedding. <laughs> yeah, and like many brides to be. Um, you know, I'm happy with my physique now, but I want to be the best. I want to, you know, everyone, that's the one day of your life. You want to look back on those pictures. You want to feel the best emotionally, physically. So uh, I, I live a very active lifestyle, but I had put my gym membership on hold for the last couple of months. I've been doing these home workouts. And though I was happy with, um, you know, I had these DVDs, I, I wasn't feeling the full mint. And I, so the last, actually, when I, I got back, uh, got back to Southern California on the 28th. I revamped up my gym membership, so we're, what, five days into it now. And already, I mean, maybe uh, it's the placebo effect, but I'm already feeling stronger and, like, I'm sweating more and getting it going. So I'm feeling really good. Well, for everybody out there, I just want to tell you, I'm sure they've seen your pictures on website, but you already are super gorgeous, Heather, oh. and super fit. So how you, you can, can get more beautiful mother. or more fit is kind of beyond <laughs> me. But, but you know, you go for it, girl. <laughs> Thank you. And then another thing to me is I know we've talked about it 
on other on uh, various uh, T for our health segments, talking about the whole gluten thing. I'm not quite on the bandwagon yet. I haven't. Um, starting in February, I have. I, we've yet another T for T topic we've discussed is health insurance and all this. And I'm going to be changing my plan in February, so hopefully I'll be on a better theme. Because right now I'm at a skyrocketing. You know, I, I have it just to have it, but I'm not taking the benefit of it because it's so expensive. Um, and I want to chime in there. I just got um, a, a letter from Blue Cross, Anthem Blue Cross, which is my insurance, saying that on February 1st, my insurance is going up 25%. And what is crazy is I just uh, changed to the, like, the highest disaster policy back May because it had already gone up 32%. So that means in less than a year, it's gone up, what is that, 32 and 25, 57%. This yeah. is crazy. This year to me is always, I mean, I, I'll try not to stand on the soapbox for too long, but what I always feel is I, I really feel I'm so for universal health care and that every individual should have um, access to complete health care because that's what keeps people from to going to work, to staying healthy, going to school. You want your kids to go to school and be healthy. Um, you want to go to work. When we're sick and so many people, what happens it's the minor little things. Um, it, I, this economy has killed us. You know, people cutting back, cutting back. So, you know, they, they, people don't go to the dentist for their cleanings anymore. They go when they are having extreme pain. And that shouldn't how it be. It should be that we have the ability to have access to health care all the time. And I, similar, I previously was on a fantastic package with my health care. Um, then I switched jobs, and that health care that I was getting through my job was no longer available. So I... I got, I'm on one of those, you know, basically catastrophic plans. So I'm not taking advantage of it because it's too expensive to take advantage of it. Um, but starting in February, I'll be able to get on my fiance's plan, which as a firefighter, they have a great plan. Um, but my whole thing, what I kind of was chiming into it is for the longest time, I, I think, again, I always say back, you know, backtrack that I know we've talked about so many things. I've had so many um, gastronomical just stomach issues. Uh, for about 10 years, just always this and that. And and now, you know, things are starting to make more sense. I was hospitalized three times. The, the good news is all the things they thought, you know, they, they tell you these scary, scary, we think it's cancer, we think it's tumor, we think it's ulcers, that they come back and they say, oh, don't worry, the good news is it's nothing what we thought. The bad news is we don't know what it is. And always kind of struggling with the pains in my stomach and I just in the last two months or so, I really was aware of when I ate bread. And I mean, I love, I love bread and butter. I love bread with a delicious olive oil and a really good balsamic. I mean, you cannot beat that. But I started to notice when I eat it, I felt like there was cement in my stomach, and I was feeling just so sick. And and not really connecting the two. And I have so we've talked on different episodes about celiacs about. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to claim I'm celiac until I get actual blood tests and go in with the doctor. But in the last two weeks, I decided, you know what? Um, I think I may have a sensitivity, and so I've knocked it out. I had one day where I wouldn't, I didn't think about it. It was right after Christmas. We had all these Christmas cookies in the house, and I ate these cookies that were like granola-like, and instantly I got that stick to my stomach again, just cement. And so now after that cement feeling, we've been about a week and a half since that, and I'm feeling great. And I'm, my big thing is, so I'm trying to do the whole gluten-free thing, 
my base thing is, is trying to find the most natural products that don't include wheat. Um, I'm a huge beer fan, so I've had to cut out the beer. Um, but something. So is this something bread. when you're talking about goals is to let people know if that there is an issue that you're not feeling well about, not just to you know write it off, but to really get to the bottom of it. So take your health seriously. Yeah, no, and, and you know, and that's, that's something I think, I mean, what's amazing is they, that they say 45% of Americans make, make, usually make your uh, New Year's resolutions. Um, the crazy thing about that is, is the length of what we're able to keep it. Usually, um, out of that 45%, so cut it in half, 75% of people maintain their goals through, through the first week. Then after two weeks, it's 71. After a month, it's 64. After six months, it's only 46. After nine months, it's 22%. So, you know, it, it dwindles. We all make these big goals. So my, my biggest thing, you know, I, I, reading all these things and trying, you know, every year we want to be the best with me. And, and it's funny how we usually say things that we, on the first of the month or on Mondays, or at the New Year's, there's this feeling about us that we want to stick to, you know, I don't want to choose the 15th of the month or a Wednesday. We we have this for whatever reason. It's built into us, and there's no problem with that. Um, it, but it's trying to be realistic with our things. So, you know, if we say this year I'm going to save enough to put a down payment on home, that might not be realistic to say in one year suddenly from your you know, you penny picking to this next year, you're suddenly going to have enough money to down pay a house. Say that this year, every paycheck, I'm going to put away a hundred dollars, so that in five years, um, I'll be able to put towards a down payment on a house. Be realistic. So what you're saying is, our goals need to be specific, and this is something that I think is really, really key. Is that when we're thinking of goals, they should be, I call them the SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. So if you didn't achieve your goals for last year, try doing it uh, better this year. And uh, and I like your idea of always writing to-do lists. I know I have a lot of them, too. Well, like always, honey, we are out of time. Oh, my God. So as I always, wish, as always, always, always. So give out the websites. Most definitely. Uh, to help you with your New Year's resolution, I hope it includes to read more books as well as to donate to some wonderful charities by going to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And we wish your every dream to come true. We want you to find yourself surrounded by friends, laughter, good times. May your cup runneth over financially, romantically, spiritually, creatively. May you enjoy good health. May you have peace be and have peace be your very special ally. And, of course, we want love to be your perpetual guide. And most of all, grant yourself the gift of you this year. When we return from break, Jenna Blum, the New York Times Number one international best-selling author of Those Who Save Us and the Storm Chasers, one of Oprah's top 30 women writers, will join us. It's going to be a fantastic segment. We don't want you to go away. Keep celebrating with us. Happy New Year. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Star you are. Be the star you are. You are. 
Whenever a natural disaster occurs, Be The Star You Are Charity mobilizes to get books, DVDs, videos, games, and other resources to the victims through our Operation Disaster Relief Program. With the terrible devastation caused by Hurricane Sandy, Be The Star You Are has launched Operation Hurricane Sandy Relief to ship resources to the East Coast. You can make a difference in the lives of someone in need. Make a donation today. It's Kids Helping Kids. Be The Star You Are is collaborating with Angels of God that is a non-profit founded by our 15-year-old Express Yourself teen reporter and co-host, Caitlin Darrow. Angels of God will distribute all the resources collected and ship them to the facilities to the residents in need. Visit www.btsya.org. That website again is www.btsya.org. And thanks for your support. Everyone, counts. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are the Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You'll find all you need in a life. Well, you are here with me, Cynthia Bryan, and it is our New Year's party. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for staying tuned. You will be glad you did. Well, our guest today, who to kick off our new year, is Jenna Blum. She is the New York Times and number one international best-selling author of Those Who Save Us, and she's writing the screenplay for that, or the writer on this movie right now. And she has also written an amazing book called The Storm Chasers, for which she actually chased storms for over six years with the pros. Welcome, Jenna, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be talking with you. Well, this is really fun. You are so young and beautiful, and yet you were named one of the top 30 women writers from Oprah. Tell us about that. That was like everything else that had to do with my writing career, a total surprise and miracle to me after many, many years of dogged persistence. I write because I love the people and stories in my books, and then anything that happens as a result of that in the outside world is like icing on the cake. So the way the Oprah thing came about was that after my first novel, Those Who Save Us, which is a World War II um, story about a German woman who um, helps the resistance and actually has a really awful time after that, um, after that book came out, um, readers lofted it onto the New York Times bestseller list five years after it came out in paperback. So it really is a reader-created phenomenon. Um, and it and was that's such an amazing story in itself because if, um, if people don't understand... I was voted one of the top 30 writers because of that novel. And um, one of my friends sent me the link to Oprah's site on Twitter and said, hey, have you seen this? And I clicked on the link and there was me and then there was also like Toni Morrison... <laughs> Um, and, you know, these other writers who I, I absolutely adore, like um, uh, Pam Houston and, um, gosh, of course, I'm forgetting all my writers, but because I was just so in awe of the whole thing, and I just sat down and called my mom and cried, and she cried, and I called my agent, and I cried, and my agent didn't cry because she was pretty happy about it. So that's that's the story. Every good thing that has happened to me as a result of my writing has really been because readers have been so kind to me and my books. Well, congratulations, first of all, on all of that and pursuing it and, and keeping to it and sticking to it. But what I want to mention for those who don't know is when you have a bestseller after five years that it's been out, that really is a phenomena because this is what is called an evergreen book where a book just keeps gaining momentum. And it is, that's the dream of every publisher, isn't it, Jenna? To have a book that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And uh, you really did it. And now tell us you that you have optioned the screenplay and you've written the screenplay. Tell us what's going on with that. Yes, thank you. I have a great producer um, who has great faith in the book-to-movie project for those who save us. And the novel, which my Reader's Digest condensed synopsis for those who haven't read it, is about, again, a German woman who during World War II is involved in the resistance and caught, and she becomes the mistress of an SS officer. Um, and her daughter, 50 years later, tries to understand her own history and her mother's history because the mother will never talk about what happened during the war. Um, many readers have written to me to tell me that it is very cinematic, which I'm always happy about because I think of myself as, as a very visual writer. And apparently my producer agrees with that assessment, and so she has optioned the book uh, to be a film and extended the option, as a matter of fact, and she very kindly asked me to write the screenplay as well. So she and I are, are basically collaborating on the screenplay. I wrote a draft of it in 2012. It was my first experience writing a screenplay. I had never wanted to write a screenplay until it came to my own book, which is like, you know, who do you want to dress to your child and send it out into the world, you or somebody else? Um, so I took a crack at it. I spent all of last year reading books that were then adapted to movies, reading the screenplays for those movies, and then watching the movies and eating about 800 pounds of popcorn. That was pretty much my job, and I finally wrote the first draft of the screenplay, and now it's in the revision stages, and it's all 
very exciting to me. I will be thrilled if it makes it all the way to Hollywood. I'm not holding my breath, but on the other hand, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I'll be able to go to the Oscars before I, you know, I'm too old to look it in a backless dress. So that's <laughs> pretty much where I am. <laughs> that's the perfect. That's the perfect. Uh, the perfect equation is it's that backless dress, and you've got to look gorgeous, right? That's well, you work I mean, for that's Steve. That's what keeps me on the elliptical. You know, I keep thinking that's Hollywood, it. Hollywood Oscars in eight years. You still have time to to create some muscles. So you know, yes, you'll you gym. can do it. Hey, look at if you're a hundred, you'll still be beautiful. Oh, we were just talking you. about goals, and you know, we can accomplish anything we put our mind to. You work for Steven Spielberg's Shoah Foundation. Was that a um, instrumental it at all in you know writing your first novel about the holocaust absolutely i was so privileged so honored to be included on the spielberg survivors of the show project which um sent interviewers out to connect with holocaust survivors and record their experiences on tape when then it was tape for inclusion in these um, international archives. So if you go to the Yad Vashem, for instance, you could look up some of the interviews I did with survivors or the Holocaust Museum in Washington, um, and they're largely available, too, for educational purposes. The goal of the project was to make sure that no revisionists, quote-unquote, could say that the Holocaust had never happened because here are these incredible people who had lived through the unimaginable, literally, um, reliving it again in order that nothing like what happened to them would ever happen again. So it was just such a privilege to be part of this project. I was a very young interviewer. I was about 25 when I started interviewing survivors who had emigrated to the Minneapolis area, because that's where I lived then. And because I was young and full of stamina, I was put to work interviewing couples, so people who had met each other in the camps, in the DP camps after the war or in America, and I would talk to one survivor in the morning and one in the afternoon. So often I would hear these incredible love stories and and coupledom stories and family stories in addition to survival stories, and I tucked those all in my head and in my filing cabinet and actually have used none of the details of survivor stories in those who save us whatsoever because those are hollowed ground and those details don't belong to me. But certainly talking to these incredibly brave people helped to imbue the novel with its emotional spectrum, which ranges from dread and fear, um, survivor guilt, shame, um, being haunted by the persistence of memory, and also I think a very fierce kind of hope at and uh gratitude at having made it through something so awful. You know, that is just an amazing experience that you encountered and endured and re- were rewarded by doing, by by having this opportunity to speak with people who are survivors of such a, a horrible atrocity that happened in our history. I am a history major, and I'm always astounded when I meet people who are revisionists who believe that the Holocaust never happened, that it was all made up. And do you find it shocking after you know you've heard all this firsthand evidence? How do you feel about those who tend to want to rewrite history or say that history was rewritten from the beginning? Um, I'm not really sure that I'm able to air that opinion on, on public. Okay, I get it. I feel the exact <laughs> no, same I guess, way. I mean, I, I, it, it there just, is I'm, sort of a 
sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just going to say I get so very angry about something like that, you know, and then you start realizing how how uh, people do want to change history just to fit their needs, and it's not neat and tidy. And that was just, you know, one of the worst times that I can ever, ever imagine, especially that, you know, that so many of us still know people who might have lived through it or descendants of them. We are talking to best-selling author Jenna Blum. She is the author of The Storm Chasers, as well as she is working on her screenplay of her first uh, bestseller, Those Who Save Us, which was a, a brilliant insight into what happened through the Holocaust in World War II to the human side of it, the human emotions. So, Jenna, I want to um, talk uh, for a second. Uh, with your screenplay, when you said that you've been working on it all the whole year, was getting an option, did that give you financially enough money to survive during that year, or is it from sales of your books? Or Because I think people are always interested in, how do writers take the time to spend a year or two years um, unless they have some kind of big advance? Was that part of it for this this um, screenplay? That's a really great question um, I, and a brave question because nobody really talks about money in the society, and I think you're doing a lot of writers a great service. And, you know, any writers who might be listening and cursing me because I had the time to take a year and write a screenplay when I write, it's not the only job I do. Um, for many years, I graduated as an English major, so I worked as a um, food, in the food service industry as a server and as a prep chef and, you know, doing a lot of odd jobs, anything that would feed my expensive writing habit. And I finally um, was so inept as a waitress and as a prep chef that I went back to school and got my master's degree in creative writing, and that allowed me to teach and sort of hold captive audiences. Um, and I love teaching, and I, I teach as much as possible. I recently relocated from Boston, um, where I was involved with this great school called Grub Street Writers, um, to Kansas. And the worst thing about not being in Boston is I really miss my writers. Um, and so a lot of my income will come from teaching, some of the income comes from book advances that I squirreled away. Um, a little bit comes from the option, but um, an option, at least my option, was not a ginormous amount of money, and most of them aren't. Um, most book advances aren't either. And so what I suggest to all writers is, you know, have a day job, have something you enjoy doing, like teaching. Um, I also do a fair amount of public speaking, and that helps keep me in my writing chair. Um, and when you do get a little bit of money have a really good creative accountant who specializes in artists, musicians, and writers to help you tuck away some of your nuts for the winter. I mean, that, that really is what has enabled me to, um, for the most part, be able to say, okay, I'm going to spend three months traveling and talking about the books and doing speaking engagements and teaching, but then I'm going to take another four months off to be able to concentrate solely on this creative project. That's For me, that's kind of how it works as a sort of financial crop rotation. Thank you, Jenna, for sharing that because you're so right. People 
rarely want to talk about the financials. And I know that the minute you become a New York Times bestseller, everyone thinks you're a multimillionaire, which is not the truth. Yeah, my mom <laughs> thinks that. You know? I know, they my all do. Like, you okay, know, I mean, it was so quick. I'm like, you're never getting a facelift. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, facelift. When I first became got on the, the New York Times bestseller list, and people were all asking me for loans. I was like, wait a minute. I haven't even seen a penny of this from my publisher yet. But so, that's and that's really, really true. And that's very right with all of the, with all artists, whether you are an actor, a writer, a singer, whatever it is, is that I really believe that we have to, to have, you know, something else that we can work on. And I don't want to say fall back on. We have to have another passion that we're really good at and that can continue that conversation. So let's get to your wonderful book, The Storm Chasers, which it's not just about tornadoes or the cyclones, as uh, the mother likes to, Siri likes to call them, but also about bipolar disease. Now, you actually traveled with real-life storm chasers for six years, which I can't even imagine. I, until I read your book, I didn't know there was such a thing, but it makes sense now. How do we find out about storms? I guess there has to be somebody in the eye of the storm. So what was your impetus behind this? Well, the book, and I'll, again, I'll give a sort of quick condensed uh, synopsis of it. The book is really, as you said, about bipolar disorder, and it follows a pair of twins, Charles and Karina Hollingdahl, and Charles is bipolar and Karina is not. And so um, through the context of storm chasing, Charles, when he's manic, likes to chase storms and, and fancies himself sort of a human barometer um, and thinks that his extreme mood swings can help be a predictor of weather, which is something that I totally made up for him. Um, <clears throat> he really struggles with his disorder, with whether or not to take medication for it, which would make him easier to be around, but also sort of rubs out his sense of self. And, of course, his sister really just wants him to be well, and she wants to be around him, but often his moods are so frightening to her and have such terrible consequences that she can't be um, when they're teenagers, Charles is out chasing when his manic hijacks Karina to go with him, and something really bad happens, which I kind of think is the basis for all fiction. Like something really bad has to happen. And that was really story. Um, in this case. It's really bad. The, the book follows not only what the twins decide to do about this something bad, um, but also how each of them confronts and deals with Charles's disorder. So really the novel is very much about people who have bipolar disorder and the people who love them and what often seems to be sort of an insoluble problem in terms of, of evening out the severe mood swings that the disorder can cause. Um, the storm chasing side of the novel uh, has been a fascination of mine since I was a very little girl. I think I watched The Wizard of Oz way too many times. Uh, my grandmother on my mom's side, lived in southeast Minnesota, and we used to visit them during the summer. And when I was four years old, like Karina in the novel, I saw my first tornado at night, and it was something that really imprinted itself on the soft gray matter of my brain, and I became obsessed with wanting to see another one. So when I began developing the idea of a book about, you know, a young male bipolar storm chaser, I thought, oh, great, now I have the excuse to go storm chasing and, you know, write it off on my taxes. And so I linked with a group called Tempest Tours, which is the basis for whirlwind tours in the storm chasers. And um, 
Indeed, there there are actual groups who will take form of thus people like me out onto the plains and get you up close and personal with big weather without getting you harmed or killed. And in fact, I became so fond of the group and everything they taught me and the people I met along the way that I now work for the company and my partner and I are, are running a tour for Tempest this summer um, called the Jim Reed Photo Tour. So anybody who's interested in extreme weather, you can find me on Facebook or JennaBlum.com and we'll take you out there and show you what it's like out there on the plains. That is amazing. I had no idea you were working for them. But because your your descriptions of these storms are just incredibly, incredibly accurate and detailed and frightening. And I love the way that you compared his uh, the bipolar, his the mania when he goes into it as like a cyclone in his brain. I mean, that really does make sense, doesn't it? But thank you. Yeah, I yeah. thought so. That was really, I thought that was very, very clever how, the, you know, the, the two things were happening. Uh, so a question, though, about chasing these storms. I mean, in the book, your characters and the tour that they're on, they come very close to having some bad things happen. Do, are storm chasers, for the most part, fairly safe? I mean, it seemed like all the guys that were in it, you know, they, their goal is, to get up close and personal, but not so personal that you get harmed. Has that been your experience? I guess it would be. Otherwise, you wouldn't be leading a tour now. <laughs> That's right. I mean, especially with this tour company, I know that there are people out there who like to sort of turn up the volume on the adrenaline rush by getting really, really close to tornadoes. And that's really never been my goal, and it's never been my storm tour company's goal either. The president of the company says, you, you can't see the tornadoes if you're dead. So the first priority is always to keep the clients on the tour safe and to stay safe ourselves and to be able to observe the majestic, enormous, terrifying, um, and often very beautiful forces of nature without being in harm's way. But that said, you know, you're always at the mercy of fate to some degree. Um, what we do now is we play a game of chess with the atmosphere where we have radar and we have our iPhone apps and we have um, the, term, the store tour. Storm Tour Company has, you know, the most advanced possible equipment in their vehicles that will show you what a storm is doing, which way it's moving, where you are in relation to the storm, etc. But there is always that 1% chance that the storm could do something weird or you could get caught somewhere where your radar suddenly goes out or, in my case, what happened to me one year when I was following the tour, I popped a tire under a tornado warning storm just as the tornado was starting to form like right above my vehicle and I had two other people with me and it was only due to the quick thinking of the guides who came back, changed our tire in this NASCAR-like way, you know, within like 30 seconds and got us back on the road that, that we were safe. If they hadn't been there, um, you know, if we had just timed it one second this way or one second that way, we might not have been there anymore either. So it is something that you assume a certain amount of risk with, um, and then you have to really know then why you're doing it. Um, for me, it's really about the awe of being near big weather and then trying to understand these big forces that in the end are beyond my control. And I think that basically is the, the formula for my books, too. I, I really want to understand these big devastating forces. Well, I would say you understand it. I mean, you used that scene in your book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did. You yeah, did. I read it. As life. I said, I read every book that when I interview an author, I read their book. And that scene is, that scene is in your book. You borrowed it 
Well, let's give out your website, Jenna, so people can go and they can get on board with uh, going on their own storm chasing with Tempest Tours. Her books are The Storm Chasers as well as Those Who Save Us, which we know will be a feature film coming up soon. Now that you're working with the Tempest Tours, does this mean that we have forward to, uh, we, we're looking forward to other storm or tornado related uh, books? I don't think so. Usually when I write a book, I've exhausted that topic for myself, both emotionally and research-wise. I am circling book three and a totally different and undisclosed topic, but I do have readers and friends on Facebook and followers on Twitter who like to follow me, I think, in part because I do still get out in the field. As I said, I live in Kansas, in Wichita, which is like... Tornado Alley Central. My partner is extreme weather photographer Jim Reed, an award-winning photographer, and we go out and we chase together and we try and issue warnings for people in the storm's path. So if you're following me on any social media outlet, you'll probably get um, a decent dose of of severe weather information and up-to-the-minute photos and stuff, as well as book information and writing stuff. So, well, I know we'll have in either of those. <laughs> right, we can get all the fun stuff. You know, it sounds like you're lead- leading a terrific life, and mm-hmm. and uh, my favorite movie of all time is The Wizard of Oz as yeah. well. Although two years ago, when the tornado swept through Joplin, Missouri, oh, yeah. be the star you are, we worked and we donated like fifty eight thousand dollars worth of books to get all the schools and the libraries and hospitals back up and running. So that was a that was a bad tornado. So you be safe out there, Jenna Blum, and Thank we are you. going to look forward to more of your books. And I really look forward to the movie of those who save us because that is a topic that needs to be shown as many times as possible in the most honest and authentic way. And I know that this is the way that you are doing it. So please, everyone, go to jennablum.com. You are in for a wild ride with Jenna, and you can get on her Tempest Tours. Jenna, thank you so much for being a guest on Star Style. Be the star you are. It has been so much fun talking to you. Cynthia, it's been a total delight, and good luck with Be the Star You Are. I think you guys are great. Thank you so much, and congrats again to being an Oprah favorite. I cry for you as well. These are the greatest gifts in life to get these nice surprises when you work so hard and from the heart and with authenticity, which you do. So my my gratitude to you for being the star that you are. Jenna Blum, everybody, jennablum.com. When we come back from break, we're going to be doing a little bit more of optimism and tremendous wisdom for you for the new year. I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. More celebration when we come back in our Happy New Year special. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flames. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. 
Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. It's a brand new year, and do you know how to defeat boredom and reach your goals? So many of us write unreachable goals, then chastise ourselves because we can't or we didn't reach them. Here's a way to get to your goal, to set it for yourself, whether it is to defeat boredom, lose weight, tone up, make money, embrace spirituality, Discover your purpose or empower others. Number one, take action. Number two, show up. Number three, start anywhere. Number four, keep busy. Number five, get out more and network. Number six, ask for help. Number seven, shake those hands and pat other people on the back. Number eight, give more hugs. And number nine, never stop. Keep on going. Start visualizing, write it down, and start playing your work. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For information on coaching, call 925-377-STAR or visit starstyleproductions.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7822. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Be the star. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, I am back, and this is Cynthia Bryan, and this is our Happy New Year special. Yes, I'm making a lot of noise today. We're having a lot of fun here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we just had a fabulous guest, Jenna Blum, one of Oprah's top 30 female writers, as well as author of The Storm Chasers and Those Who Save Us, and that is an upcoming movie. And I never realized that she actually was a storm chaser. How incredible is that? I didn't know that there were even such a thing until I, I read her novel. So let's uh, look forward to her getting to the Academy Awards and wearing that beautiful backless dress that she wants to wear. Well, there is an old saying that states, fools learn nothing from wise men, but wise men learn much from fools. Wisdom is a gift that can have a tremendous impact on your success. 
Now, most people think that wisdom only comes from old age, but of course, all of us who are young and young at heart know that's not true. Wisdom comes from a willingness to be a student of life and unwillingness to be a lifelong learner. Wise people learn that success doesn't come from any certain set of circumstances, but rather from attitudes. So this year, make it your goal to seek wisdom and then to share it with others. Now, this year is going to be a fairly large uh, travel year, and it'll be a large travel year for me, and I hope that you'll be doing some fun things traveling as well. If Maybe over the holidays you did some traveling, or maybe you're still on holiday. I know lots and lots of my friends, it was like they, they left for exotic locations, uh, either the days coming up to New Year's or this week they're leaving for all kinds of places. So it made me think about packing and what it's like when you go into your closet and you got to pull your clothes, you know, for either another day at the office or perhaps another day trip or even a 10-day trip. And everything is like always on a test run. So how you, how you, you put things together and make it work, especially in this day and age, when it's harder to get around, it just seems that when we travel today, you know, you go, you have to go through the long security lines, and then goodness forbid that you have some metal on you, and then you have to disrobe. I always am joking that I'm just going to go, one day I'm going to show up at the airport in my bathrobe and slippers and see if I get arrested, I guess, because I'm always having to take off so many clothes, and by the time you're done, you're almost down to your underwear anyway. So given the season of traveling and all the challenges of vacations and family visits that ensue, I thought it might be interesting to offer some tried and true strategies that are the inevitable part of travel, and that is about packing. So here are a few tips that can help you pack like a pro. Number one is to review your plans. It really helps to stop and consider what will you be doing on this trip? And think about the time of day, morning, noon, and night, so you can avoid wardrobe inadequacies or oversupply. I'm really bad at this, by the way, because I'm the kind of person I'd rather have more than what I need so that I don't have let's so that I'm never caught unprepared but at the same time my back is testament to the fact that I overpack and it hurts after every single trip so this is one of my goals for the year is to pack appropriately and to learn to interchange so I this is why I want to share them with you you want to follow the weather being prepared for the hot spells for the storms for the cold snaps is essential to avoid not only the discomfort but also any kind of emergency shopping that you may have to do just because it's it has a winter cold spell I remember Years ago, when I was just a teenager, and I was uh, living in France and decided to go to Israel for Christmas, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to be in Bethlehem for Christmas? And the weather, supposedly in Israel that time of year, is supposed to be lovely, whereas in in Bordeaux, France, it was absolutely freezing cold. I was stuffing myself with newspapers. But when I got 
to Bethlehem, they were having a cold spell, and it was below freezing, and there was snow on the ground, and it was so miserable because I had packed for a warm vacation. <laughs> so you do want to find out, and especially these days, we can find out what weather is going to be like. Um, in advance through our cell phones and our internet. So that's one thing to be prepared for all weather. There are apps like weather.com or weatherbug that can make it easy. And I use these all the time. I also use accuweather.com and they're just terrific for predicting fairly good predictions of weather. And also when you're packing to always pack a lightweight rain coat that's you know, something that's waterproof, but it's also warm and has a hood. That I have one that didn't cost a whole lot that is actually reversible, and it's like a dress-up coat at night and just a regular black raincoat during the day, and it has just saved my bottom many, many times. So having a good overcoat like that is really great. So pack in your head first. Or perhaps write it on paper. Now, a lot of people can get by with mental lists, but I'm not one of them. I always need to write everything down. So, like now, I am planning a party for Heather and her fiancé, and I'm writing down every single menu item, every decor, everything. I have to-do lists. Do the same when you're traveling. Write a to-do list. Lay out your clothes. Position your shoes and your accessories with each individual outfit. That way you will be able to limit the range of colors and tones and you can create multi-purpose items. I put all my clothes in a clear plastic a kind of a zip case. You know those cases that sheets and blankets come in? I just don't throw them out. I repurpose those and I use those to pack my clothes and then I put a stick them on it to say, you know, this would be pants or shorts or skirts or blouses or whatever. And then also, of course, the plastic uh, cases are great for all your shampoo or cosmetics or, or any of that kind of thing that, that you may need. So, uh, also, you want to be your own valet. And what this means is you don't have time to always bother with um, with uh, sending out your clothes. Plus, it's expensive if you're going to send anything out. So, what you want to do is I bring, I have a small little travel steamer and I also have a small ironing um, iron that I it's a travel iron that I travel with and that way no matter where I am I don't have to call housekeeping to get an ironing board or an iron and my clothes can always look great and a last little thing is make sure you always leave extra room in your bags everybody seems to bring home treasures even if you say I'm not buying one new thing that's another one of my goals by the way is I want to keep traveling, and I love it, but I want to just stick to the items that I have, uh, that I did when I was most, when I was younger and had no money, where I would just buy one little charm for my charm bracelet or a silver spoon, <laughs> something small. So even though the purchase may seem great while you're in another country, unless you really need it, you probably don't want to bring it home. So I hope that these tips will help you in your personal travel as well as your business travel for the year. And keep in mind that when we travel, we meet people, we expand our horizons, and we have we get to learn new cultures, eat new foods, and we tend to have 
a a great uh, a great time with all of this, and we learn a lot more. And don't forget to pack one of your books. Yes, I know you can get ebooks, and they'll all be on your phone or your iPad. But still, to me, there's nothing better than having a page to turn. My books are "Be the Star You Are for Teens," "Be the Star You Are," "99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, Learning to Make a Difference," "Miracle Moments." Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, The Business of Show Business, and The Blessings of Love and Relationships. You can get Be the Star You Are for Teens, Business of Show Business, uh, and The Blessings of Love and, Mar- and Relationships as ebooks, and the other ones are in print. Well, thank you so much for being here on our New York Celebratory Show and allowing Heather and I here into your life every week. We will be with you all year. Every year on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Make sure to visit our charity, Be the Star You Are dot org, and make a donation. And for those of you who are still looking for write-offs for 2012, you can backdate a check for the next couple of weeks, and Be the Star You Are will be happy to give you a tax write-off. That's Be the Star You Are dot org. Click on donate. It'll go take you to PayPal. Or you can send a check to P.O. Box 376, Moraga, California, 94556. To book a coaching session with me, Cynthia Bryan, call 925-377-STAR. Visit StarStyleProductions.com. And my aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. We want you to see beyond your physical being, know that you are already a star, and help you live your dreams. Cherish the past dream of the future and celebrate every moment of your life and of course read a book and until next week when we play again here in the star style playground remember that love always wins kindness always prevails and smiles keep us happy i'm cynthia bryan this is star style be the star you are i thank you and i wish you a very happy 2013 happy new year Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our Power Party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You.